there is a fine line because we don't want to make the sales page so short that they don't have enough information to accurately make a decision whether it's right for them or not. And I'm not a big believer in making a sales page really, really, really long just for the sake of it. But if somebody does need to read a few extra testimonials to feel comfortable that it's going to work for them or that it's something that they can do, then I think that plays an important role. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies, and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million-dollar year. Imperfect Action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Imperfect Action. This is episode 577. When it comes to selling anything in your business, I know that a common place where many people get stuck is on how to communicate it, how to come up with that messaging that really is compelling and converts the right people into buyers. Now, I am really excited today because on today's call, I am coaching a student of mine, Jemima, who is a quilt pattern designer, author, and teacher, currently developing an online course for quilters, and she's preparing for her very first course launch. So today I'm helping her to figure out what messaging will be appropriate and compelling for what she's launching. And I'm really excited because I know you're going to get a lot out of this, even if you're not teaching people how to make their own quilts, which I know most of you won't be, but you'll still learn from the process that I'm taking Jemima through to figure out her messaging. So let's jump into today's episode with Jemima. Jemima, welcome. Would you please tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me today. Well, my name is Jemima Flint and I am a quilt pattern designer, author and teacher. And you are in the process of launching a course for beginner quilters. And I know when you reached out to do this episode together, the thing that you were really struggling with was that messaging that's going to really sell your course. Now, I'd love to hear in your own words, where like specifically are you struggling with that messaging or is it just messaging in general around it? Where can I help you most today? Well, this is the first time that I've put together an online course. So for me, it's really about bringing in a new audience in terms of being able to deliver a beginner course to people who maybe already on my list are just that little bit further along. So working out how am I going to get people back uh, from the beginning stages of quilting or from the beginning stages into my audience and being able to get the right messaging out there to be able to make this actual online course a real success. I really want it to, um, you know, to really help that area in which I feel there's a bit of a need for people being able to learn how to quilt and someone being able to help them with that. 
And in terms of what you've already tried, have you been putting any kind of content out there, any messaging out there, and has anything stuck or have you not put anything out there? Where are you at with all of that? So I'm at, I'm looking uh, at a very early February launch for the online course. And I'm really just, I've started to uh, work through how I'm putting everything together. I've got the back end of uh, the website together and I'm starting to put together things like the sales pages and all the actual information that needs to go into getting that ready for people to buy. So I guess it's in terms of now looking at what words I'm going to use, how am I going to um, best put this course forward so that people are really interested and people are really starting to um, look at that as something that they would like to try. I've, I've been putting sort of little feelers out into my, I've got a community Facebook page and I've been asking lots of questions. So I've been doing lots of research and also with my Instagram following as well, really sort of starting to get questions um, out to them on where they're at, what areas of quilting. Um, they may not have known exactly what those questions were for, but those are certainly things that I have started to be researching and taking information. And what kind of answers have you had from them with those questions? Generally, it's to do with things that they feel later down the track that they didn't realize that they were missing. So almost as if there were skills that they didn't necessarily learn that they didn't realize until later down the track um, when they've tried things and um, things haven't exactly gone to plan or things haven't sort of worked out so well. Um, that's been more the area that uh, people are sort of finding I guess that they don't know what they don't know mm. and they're just running with it. They're just taking all that information, piecing it together from YouTube and free content, but not understanding necessarily why we do particular things in quilting. Yeah. And I mean, that you, we've already had this conversation before, like, but we, the, that's going to be a huge part of the content that you need to share in the lead up to when you open doors in February, it's going to be that content that really highlights what they don't know so that they realize, oh, I didn't know that. What else don't I know? And even stories from people who've, you know, maybe they're more experienced in quilting, but they have tried something new. And because they didn't have that basic beginner skill, they've ended up with a, you know, the Pinterest versus reality kind of disaster of something that doesn't quite look like what they thought it would. Um, so that's, I think you're pretty covered there in terms of the content. But then when it comes to messaging, uh, in a launch, when, or when you're selling really anything, people are buying the promise. Like they're buying what you are promising that this course will deliver, what you, they are potentially going to achieve, what problem they're going to solve. What is your, have you got a promise for the course or do you, off the top of your head, what is it that they are buying? So I've been working on that and basically my course is um, going to be showing beginner quilters how they can achieve making their first quilt confidently and easily with my step-by-step online course. Mm -hmm. I think it's more than just the first quilt though, right? Because you're teaching them the, you're teaching them the skills and things that they need that will set them up for success further down the track. So yes, they're making that first quilt. But it's also the skills so that they don't end up with those disasters later on when they're trying to make a quilt and they realize they don't know a basic step. I, I, I'm not a quilter, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the basic steps are, but yeah. they, yeah, it's, so it's a really solid foundation. Exactly. 
Exactly. So you're, yeah, you're selling the first quilt and you're selling, you know, the ability to create or to do more advanced quilts afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm really wanting to give them that, that great foundation so that they've got those skills so that they're, they can pick up their next one and continue on and really enjoy the process of quilting. So when it comes to messaging then, so it sounds like you've got the promise fairly like that's, that's fairly, it's a pretty solid promise, right? That's a tangible outcome. Somebody who wants to get into quilting, they want that first quilt. Then the next thing of the messaging then I suppose becomes some of the different features and the benefits in the course. Have you had a go at writing out any of those? And you know, if anybody listening, Jemima is in Launch Magic. This is part of the Launch Magic process. So we're really workshopping some of the features and benefits uh, that came out of that. Do any of those come to mind? Was that a process that felt easy to you or was it something that you felt a little bit stuck on? I'm still trying to work through some of the, the features and the benefits in terms of really refining down. Um, I get, I tend to, um, get very waffly with my words and I think uh, sometimes I'm trying to add really clever wording to those features and to those benefits without forgetting um, necessarily how simple and clear I really do need to make it so that it uh, an easy an easy yes as you say. Yeah I mean clear clear and concise always sells over complicated and fancy. Uh, and I know it's really, it is really tricky when that's something that you're used to doing. It's really hard to just say, no, let's just make this really clear. Um, uh, so do any of those come to mind that you maybe want to workshop with me right now? Or would you prefer to look at a different aspect of the messaging? Um, no, that's okay. We can work through some of those, yep. those features and benefits. Yep. Okay. Let's look at them. <laughs> um, so definitely the, the features are that it is a, step-by-step course in that we are looking at the the modules and each week there'll be workbooks and there'll be videos that are very to the point um and one of the features too is that i haven't tried to overcomplicate the videos so i've tried to keep them within a short time frame um because if you're going to spend half an hour an hour watching a video in that sort of space where my target audience is, that's half an hour into getting started that they've kind of spent time uh, watching a video rather than actually getting started mm. on their, on their quilt and actually, you know, getting everything ready or uh, that time is very precious for them. Yeah. So there's actually, there's quite a few different features there that you um, listed. So the, the videos that, yeah. So a feature then is the, the videos are really short and the benefit is so that you can spend less time learning how to do it and more time putting what you've learned into practice. So it doesn't take you, it doesn't end up taking you forever to make this quilt. It's a small amount of learning to save you a lot of time so you can create that quilt even faster. I've really taken on board what you said about getting to that destination uh, as quickly as possible with what you need to know, not all the actual, uh, you know, I could spend hours and hours going on, on, and talking to the camera about all the things that they can and how to do it. But I've really tried to nail that down to the most concise things that they need to know to get them started. Yeah. And you know, that, that all of the extra nice things, that could be a whole nother course, mm-hmm. but they don't need to, they don't need to know that for that one specific outcome, which is their first 
quilt. They might, maybe for the second quilt, maybe you'll create another, another course, which is like advanced techniques. <laughs> but for that very first one, we're so focused on that one outcome. We keep the videos short. They can get that outcome a lot quicker. Um, you mentioned then also workbooks. That's another feature. Tell me a bit about the workbooks. What, what are they getting out of these workbooks? The workbooks are designed to basically be a printed, um, downloadable for this, each of the students because it gives them that tangible, they can write on it. Um, I've added checklists in there as well so that as they're collecting uh, the equipment and materials that they'll need, they can literally be checking that off and seeing what they've got, what they still need to collect or still need to purchase um, so that they are ready and that they know what they need. I've tried to make those that actual aspect very clear uh, so that there's no confusion as to the actual equipment, for example, in workbook one that they'll need to get started and it's visual. Um, not everyone learns very easily off videos and then going and trying to replicate it. So the actual workbooks go through how to do it um, as an actual additional method for people who like to learn through reading and working and maybe making their own notes. So Oh, okay. So we now have two separate features here. So then so the videos is okay, videos feature one. Mm-hmm. Printed printed instructions for creating your quilt so that you don't have to watch the video if you prefer not to or you don't have to re-watch the video to remember what they said uh, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's going to be a huge, huge selling point for a lot of people. They don't want to sit okay. there and watch all of these videos. They just want to skim read through the instructions. Another feature then is printable checklists so that you can make sure you are covering often all of those foundations, not only for your first quilt, but for all future quilts. So you don't end up with a quilting disaster. Um, the, the workbooks so that you've got something printable to, I don't know, keep track of each step and keep track of what you're learning. So you can keep moving forward on that quilt to make it, make it simpler, make it easier, make it more streamlined, something like that. Um, notice now how we're breaking these into very specific features. When we try and lump them together, it's really hard to get the specific benefit out of like three features that are lumped together. But when we break them apart, it's very clear that, oh, the checklists. Yeah, of course. So that they've got every single thing ticked off. There's no stone left unturned. They, aren't forgetting any steps and you're setting them up for quilting success. Yeah, I didn't realise until you've just mentioned now how many actual individual elements they get broken down into. So I didn't realise that there would be so many features within what I've called, you know, the workbook and how that actually breaks down into so many different features rather than just categorising it as a feature itself. So Yeah, and because workbook, when we say workbook, I mean, that can be very vague and Mm -hmm. For many people, that makes us think, Oh, am I going to be spending hours doing all of this homework? Mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want somebody to tell me like what to do. How do yeah. I, what, what stitching do I do? How do I choose fabric and how do I make this quilt? Mm-hmm. But then when we say workbook, it's suddenly, Oh, do I have to do exercises? Do I have to do homework? Is this going to take, is this going to make the process that much longer? And we're explaining how no, this is actually simplifying it. It's protecting mm-hmm. you from making a mistake. It's, giving you somewhere to, I don't know, write down the key things that you're learning so that the next time you go and create a quilt, it's really easy for you to find those things and you can come back to that. Yeah, I like that. Um, I didn't, uh, things like uh, putting together 
the workbook, I just didn't realize that you can have so many different ways to get your audience to where they need to be. And within those workbooks, I really wanted to research the main areas that I felt were being missed out or that people didn't really understand. And also, again, highlighting those in the workbooks so that people have that uh, on hand. It's it. The things that they absolutely need to know are in that workbook. It's not pages and pages of sewing things that they might need to know if they continue doing it. I've really tried to focus that back to how do they get to making that quilt in the, in the best possible time with what they have. And that's that's exactly it. We want it to be a shortcut. Uh, we don't want it to be... We don't want it to be something that doubles the amount of time that it takes them to get their quilt off the ground. We want to make it quicker and we want to make it more successful and we want to set them up for success. Those are the really, those three, those three key parts of this course. And I think even if you come back to what that underlying messaging might be around it, what you, you don't know what you don't know is a huge part, but I suspect that in their language, it might be in the words that you could put it, it might be something like there's a lot more to creating a quilt than you realize, or there's, there's a lot more to creating a quilt than choosing the fabric and knowing how to stitch it together. Uh, obviously I'm not the quilting expert. So <laughs> you, you are. And is there anything that comes to mind immediately when I say they don't know what they don't know? What are some of these things that they don't know? They don't know. It's more to do for that aspect with the actual probably technical setup of their sewing machine. So there are, when it comes to quilting, you actually need a quarter inch foot on your sewing machine. And without that, everything isn't going to come together. So actually having the correct equipment for quilting as compared to general sewing is a big difference in people not mm. knowing that they've been gifted a, a sewing machine or they've been given it or they've sometimes even picked it up off the side of the road. Uh, or, you know, um, Facebook marketplace or anything like that. And they have suddenly have this machine that they want to be able to do with quilting, but it's not necessarily ready to go. There's a very, there's a very full, a very powerful piece of content, first of all. Um, but secondly, I think a very strong message will be, you know, there's more, there's a lot more to quilting or well, quilting isn't just, just because you can sew doesn't mean you can successfully make a quilt. And I would really drive home that message about, yeah, you might have learned how to sew 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago at school, or your grandma might have taught you or something like that. You might have a sewing machine that's gathering dust and you know how to hem a pair of jeans. That doesn't mean you can create a quilt and this is why. And then breaking down some of those key differences. First of all, it's a different sewing machine setup completely to how you would normally sew. Uh, second of all, some other difference that they don't know. And then third of all, there's some other difference. So straight away, they're starting to realize, oh, okay, this is very different to what I assumed it would be. Um, and you could even talk about how maybe uh, the people that they follow or the Pinterest quilts that they've looked at and the tutorials they've looked at don't teach them the foundations. And without those foundations, they are setting themselves up for quilting heartbreak. It's um definitely almost like when you see those the cake fails uh, yeah. <laughs> in quilting when you've seen that that hedgehog um, <laughs> one on Pinterest and then uh, the memes that got you know that you see because 
it it applies exactly to quilting in that just because you want all the pieces to come together doesn't necessarily mean that they will in the way that you envisage they they'll mm. certainly come they'll come together but uh i think everyone wants that you want to feel that success. You want to feel that you've achieved something and you want to feel proud of what you've made because generally you're going to be gifting it or it's going to be wrapping up someone that you love um, in it and you really do want that sense of achievement in having made your first quilt because without that it doesn't really spur you on to want to make your next quilt and your next quilt. So, Oh, and I mean, something that would be such an effective piece of content for your pieces of content. Um, I don't know if you have access to like maybe photos of your own quilt fails or photos of like, I don't know, past students quilt fails or something like that, where you could really, you know, talk about why that fail happened and what could have gone into place to prevent that and how it could have been easily prevented with a fairly basic or a foundational technique or foundational skill. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a really strong piece of content. Um, I think, I, I really think that that's going to be the, or the, the, the quilting isn't just simply sewing mm-hmm. and it's not as easy as Pinterest would make it look. And you're creating this quilt for somebody love as a gift or to wrap them up, as you said, um, then it's worthwhile putting in that time to the time and the energy to learn how to make it really well. So then it also becomes a skill where you can now create quilts to gift to other people over and over again. Um, but really investing that time in getting it right first time around. So you're not spending, you're not wasting money on fabric that just looks like a really sad bundle of rags. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's a beautiful quilt. Yeah. I think definitely for quilters, uh, that emotion behind quilting and why they're driven to learn to do it is something that's really powerful. And I definitely love to be able to, you know, explore that more as well because people are making them for, you know, brand new babies that are going to, you know, change lives for people. And um, I like that people have that quilt or as they've grown up, they then also know that that was the quilt that their that their mum made them, or that was the quilt that grandma made for them, or their auntie or uncle, or it you know it just has that not only for the person making the quilt, but for the person receiving it, it's something that they'll probably have, uh, but not only hopefully for their lifetime, but something that just has those memories attached to it that really just um, makes it all the more worthwhile learning how to get it right from the start. Yeah, so. Then if that's your ideal client for this course, your ideal student for this course, the person who's making it, who who wants to make that quilt for a gift or for that person that they love rather than they just want to pick up quilting as a hobby, then I think that's going to be a really important part of that messaging. Mm-hmm. And it might be, I'm, I'm imagining what your sales page might look like. And it, it might, the the headline might be, The headline could even be something like, yeah, quilting isn't as simple as just sewing. Quilting's not the same as sewing. Quilting's Mm -hmm. harder than sewing, something like that. Um, But the the headline could also be something a little bit more emotive. Uh, You know, a quilt is, a quilt potentially contains a lot of memories. 
Mm-hmm. You could talk about the memories there. Like you mentioned, you could talk about the memories in the headline. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not that talented of a copywriter, but the, the headline, you could play on that memories part. Mm-hmm. Or you could play on that key message of quilting is different to sewing. Okay. How is that messaging feeling now a bit more generally? Is there any sort of specific area that you want to clarify a bit more or anything else you want to dive into there with the messaging? I definitely had originally sort of um, put together that my ideal customer, they're here to they're here to learn how to make their first quilt or they've kind of gotten sort of bits and pieces and, and getting started and they really sort of just don't know where to start or they've maybe tried to put some pieces together and it's just not working for them. So I guess in terms of my ideal customer and who I was um, working towards marketing this for is definitely someone who maybe already has an interest but just doesn't know where to start um, or doesn't know what it is that they'll need to get started. Yeah, and that is something that potentially would be part of your launch content would be mm-hmm. you know, some, talking about like these are the different things you need to get started. You're not necessarily giving them the step-by-step of, hey, this is how you set up your sewing machine, but you're saying look, like you do actually need a, what was it, a quarter-inch foot for your sewing machine? Yeah. Uh, somebody like me who. Like I've sewed before, but I've never quilted before. I'm like, suddenly that course seems a lot more appealing now because I wouldn't have a clue how to set up a quarter foot, a quarter inch foot on my sewing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that would then fall more into your launch content. Um, and potentially even if, if when you're doing the webinar, that could potentially be something you talk about in there as well. Okay. And in terms of things where we talked before about features and benefits, you talked about like the videos and, um, you know, being short and all that. Does that type of, uh, what, what other types of language or what other types of words would you use to really, uh, between that workbook and between the videos, really, uh, try to get that, that target audience over the line? The words itself, it's not like there's one. I think the word you used um, before we hit record was buzzwords. There's yeah. not like a, a buzzword that's going to sell to somebody, right? There's not like one buzzword that's going to take them from not wanting to buy to buying. It's highly unlikely. But thinking about what they do want. They want mm-hmm. ease. They want think something to be faster. They want to, yeah, they want to save time. They don't want to waste money on um, fabric that they're not going to use or um, equipment that they're not going to use. So those are the things that they want. So they really want shortcuts. So then we position, you know, we talk about, okay, the uh, maybe module one is a really simple, easy to follow um, shortcut to setting up your sewing machine the right way so that mm-hmm. you aren't ruining your fabric, you aren't breaking a million needles and your quilt ends up looking beautiful. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of focusing on jargon, buzzwords, uh, you know, people talk a lot about like words that sell in copywriting and it's, I, they're really emotive words. And I think they're not really, if the rest of your copy sucks or the, you know, the rest of your messaging isn't clear or you don't know what that benefit is, putting it in an emotive word isn't suddenly going to sell it. And you can, you can Google this. Um, I think it's like, yeah, emotive words, um, uh, powerful words in copywriting. You'll get lists and lists of them if you really want to, uh, use those in your copy. But being clear on those features and those benefits will matter so much more than what words 
or like what fancy words you use. Let's get it really clear first. Then if you want to go and add some extra fancy words in or replace some words with like emotive ones or ones that kind of have a, um, I was about to say have a feeling emotive is essentially what I'm saying. Uh, then you can go and do that, but we want to make sure it's clear and concise first. And in terms of with those words and everything that goes into those sales and uh, checkout pages and all that, because my target audience are short on time that, you know, busy with, with little ones or really busy with, with lives. And it's, uh, um, a hobby essentially that they're trying to fit into their, their busy everyday life. Would you also reflect that in, you know, keeping it nice and short and clear rather than it being pages and pages of sale? Well, so this is the challenge, you know. Yeah, there there is a fine line because we don't want to make the sales page so short that they don't have enough information to accurately make a decision whether it's right for them or not. And I'm not a big believer in making a sales page really, really, really long just for the sake of it. But if somebody does need to read a few extra testimonials to feel comfortable that it's going to work for them or that it's something that they can do, then I think that plays an important role. Um, if somebody does need to know about what the different features and benefits are, which I think that definitely belongs on the sales page. Um, but like if somebody does need to know these extra bits and pieces to make that decision, then yes, we need to include that on the sales page. Uh, we don't need to repeat the same thing over and over again. We don't need to waffle on for the sake of it. So really gauging, like, do they have everything they need in front of them here to make an accurate decision? whether this is right for them or not? And will they have questions that I haven't addressed on here? Because they might have extra questions that you haven't addressed. And that'll be hard. The first launch is always hard to gauge what those questions will be until you are in that cart open period and you are getting those questions. Okay. I've been working with some founding students uh, through the course as I've been building it and working on it. And I've been working really on those, those frequently asked questions and what are those things that I'm going to need because I don't have yet a group of students who have been through the course to build that testimonial backing and all that on my sales page. So I've been trying to research my current audience and getting from them what they would be struggling with or what it is that they need to know. And I would love to see on your sales page, I'd love to see photos of your current group of students quilts when they're done. I think that would be the most powerful social proof. Mm-hmm. Especially that that- if, I don't know if any of them have tried quilting before and not had any success, but if they have photos of their quilting fails and you can put them side by side, that would be cool. That would be okay. very powerful. Because mm-hmm. then somebody else who might have tried in the past and not succeeded and they've just said, oh, I'm just not very good at this. Like I'm not creative or I'm not patient enough or I can't do it. They're going to see somebody else's quilt side by side with their disaster and they're going to be like, oh, now I can do this. Maybe I, maybe this is possible for me. If somebody else has failed and succeeded, maybe this is possible for me. I just didn't have the right process or the right instructions, the right knowledge. Okay. I like that. How is that all feeling, Jemima? Is there anything else in that like messaging sphere that feels a little bit that you're unsure about or doesn't feel clear? Probably only that word fail. Um, it's just one that doesn't sit well with me um, in no. trying to be encouraging or, you know, what I just don't want someone to from that get go feel that fail is 
I, I don't, yeah, it's just not a word that yeah. I would want anyone to feel, you know, with quilting, whether they've tried or, and it doesn't look so fantastic. Um, that doesn't necessarily. We could call it like a, a quilting oops or like yeah. a, a quilting flop or a, uh, an imperfect quilt. I don't know. There's so many, yeah. um, there's so many other little words that we could use that aren't a fail. It's like a, you know, it's a quilting lesson. It's not a failure. Yeah. It's a quilting lesson. Okay. I like lesson. Yeah, we learn from that. Okay, well, whatever you did there, that didn't work. So there's a lesson to be learned in that and we won't make mm-hmm. that mistake again. I like that. Awesome. Well, Jemima, this has been a lot of fun. I, um, I've learned a lot about quilting, actually. <laughs> um, thank you so much for um, sharing with the whole world all of your quilting knowledge. And I am very excited to see this course when it's um, out there in the world. Messaging and, is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I know this episode is going to help a lot of people who are listening as well. So thank you. Thanks, Steph. No, I've definitely got some uh, some homework to do myself now. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to launching my new book on the block online course next year. All right. That is it for today's episode. If you haven't already hit subscribe, make sure you hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or the follow button in Spotify and you'll get each new episode straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And if you have any friends who you think might be struggling with this issue, hit the share button, copy the link and send it over to them. It's how I get to help more people. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.